Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the brilliant Shannon Keenan. Shannon is a presenter, an actor, a YouTuber. She does it all. Um, she's an absolute gem. She's someone that I got to work with a lot on the Facts Channel uh, back in the day, which was a lot of fun. We kind of consistently got paired together, including a, a specific video that I think was called Irish People Go on a First Date, something like that. And me and Shannon basically went on, on a hilarious first date uh, while also eating really, really, really hot, spicy chicken wings. Um, so, I mean, if that sounds like your bag, go check that out on YouTube. Um, Shannon's an absolute gem this chat is gorgeous it's surprising and it's hilarious and it's sensitive and it's really real which I think is lovely because uh, as we talked about a lot in the episode Shannon is a bit mad she's a bit weird in the best possible way and this episode was just a really nice insight into a side of Shannon that you've possibly never seen before so Shannon if you are listening thank you so much for taking the time to do it you are a superstar uh, in other news guys um, yeah banging out all the podcasts um, as always um, so they're going to be with you uh, once a week at the moment it's kind of um, a nice time um, for me in the sense that um, I'm not doing any acting work at the moment which is so funny it's kind of the first time really since drama school um, and it's kind of by choice which is nice as well obviously I would love a job but I'm kind of just waiting for the right thing to come along now um, after the brilliant summer we had with Coppers the musical uh, and yeah, I just want to kind of give some time back to um, you know writing the next thing and I'm kind of waiting to hear on something hopefully really exciting so I know I'm being a little bit vague about it but put your good vibes into the universe um, for something that I think anyone who likes this podcast would also like in a very different medium but something I'd be extremely passionate about so um, fingers crossed that um, something good might come of that but as always the podcast will arrive with you every Sunday um, and I can't wait to bring you some um, really exciting guests over the next few weeks and obviously it's always lovely to have um, some of the old facts crew and some of the current Troy channel on the podcast so guys without further ado please enjoy the wonderful Shannon Keenan playing personality bingo with Tom Moore Shannon Keenan, ready to play personality bingo? Yes, I'm uh, scared. All right, I love it. Okay, so a quick explanation of how it all works. So I've got 60 minutes on the clock. I've got 60 balls in here and 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you a sheet of paper with five numbers there. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? Um, 4, 9, 22, 33 and 52. Excellent. Um, do me another favour. Will you pick a sixth number, something between 1 and 60 that's not already there? Okay, I'm going to go with 10. 10 nice mm-hmm. any reason because my birthday is the 10th month October oh mm-hmm. lovely I like it I like it and I should say that if you do get all six numbers if they do pop out you get to tick them all off that means the tables are turned you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world I'll give you the totally honest answer I got like I wish I hadn't known this before because I needed time to prepare a juicy juicy question I'm sure you'll find one okay I have complete faith in you Okay, I will try my best. I will search my brain board. All right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, first out the gate, we have number 16. Number 16, do you have it? Number 16, I do not have it. No worries. (laughs) It's a long way to go. Yeah. What kind of teenager were you? What kind of teenager was I? Oh, my God. I was like the weirdest teenager ever. I was very emotional. I was a very emotional teenager, but in school, I was also like the outcast. Okay. Like, I didn't have a click in school. 
I was actually the girl that invented a clique in school. So basically all the outcasts that didn't make the goths, that didn't make the, you know, the mouths over there or the girls that always went on the mitch or whatever, they came to my table. I just seen them kind of float and not knowing where to go. And I was like, hey, come over and eat with me. Which was very funny in the end because we actually had a table full of mixed personalities because it wasn't a clique. We didn't all like the same thing. So we had like a girl that was like into like rock music and everything. We had a girl that didn't actually talk at all. Like she didn't say anything. She didn't eat either. It was, I was like, come on. Like, like I'd always just say stuff and she'd laugh, but she'd never actually talk back. Like it's mad. But we never met any other like we never met in like classes we always just met at lunch right and this is fascinating so before I talk about the actual clique before the clique formed what was the group that you wanted to be in I never wanted to be in a group okay I never like I don't believe in cliques I think they're stupid I know that sounds probably weird because like life is about cliques but I don't like cliques I think they're wrong like in every class I went to that's when the cliques were kind of divided because all the cliques met up at lunch Whereas when you went back to class, you were kind of separated from your clique because your mate might be in a different class because our school was really, really big. Like they had like thousands of students and it was an all girls school as well. So <laughs> the bitchiness really came in, but talk about that later. Um, yeah, so when we were in class, there wasn't really cliques in class. So I just talked to everybody. Like I just, like it, it didn't matter if you sat with them at lunchtime, I'd be like, hey, like what's the story and everything, blah, blah. But it's like sometimes they knew like, oh, she's not in her clique, so we can't talk to her. Like she's below us kind of thing. And in terms of that bitchiness, because I went to a mixed school, so I'm, and you know, being a lad, like you have your own things to contend with, but I, I don't really know what that's like. What was it like? What was it like to deal with it? How did you cope? I don't know why it was so bitchy. I actually went to a mixed school for like three months at one point, And that's when I really seen the difference. Because I think when you're in a mixed school, the boys tame the bitchiness because the girls are trying to not show the lads that they're bitches, basically. <laughs> so it's all like under, you know, the blanket kind of thing they're not really straight out bitches whereas in an all girls school it's just straight out calf fighting like you know like you were with my boyfriend and everything like that like how could you do it like like during class and everything doesn't matter for teachers in the room like they be going full at you like so it's so weird I don't know it, I just never fit in with all that I always sat away from all the bitchiness and the drama I was never actually involved in drama, but I did get bullied in school. So that's the only time I would have been a part of the drama, but I never reacted to it. And that annoyed the bullies even more that I wasn't giving them any, any, any ammunition. Oh, wait, was it? What? Am- Am- ammunition, yeah. Ammunition, yeah, yeah. ammunition. So what did your bullying look like? What did my bullying look like? Yeah, like what were they doing? Oh, so, well, I was like clever in school, believe it or not, for a natural blonde, you know. I actually was good on paper. Um... And like I always set up the front of the class because I'm as blind as a bat like so even when I had my glass on I couldn't see the board so I always set up the front and all the messing always went on at the back and you know the clicks and the bitchiness and whatever and they weren't learning so I was just like I'm gonna stay out of that anyway and sit up the front avoid it at all cost and you obviously feel safer when you're at the front if you're like you know being bullied but um some girls would like get um what are those thumbtacks the pins. Mm. Um, and they'd stick it in my back 
while I'm like just sitting there or they pull my hair from behind or when I was walking in the car like real American like they'd whack my books and my books would go on the floor like one time they got my pencil case and they threw it out the window and like the teacher walked in and I was like I have to go and she was like and I actually got shouted at but I didn't say like you're one through my pencil case out thing because I knew if I had a set it when I went outside the classroom there would have been a big him and a hat kind of thing like mm-hmm. so yeah just like stupid stuff like that and it was only until fifth year when I stood up to myself this girl she just kept at me at me at me at me and I, I guess I was having a bad day or whatever and I just had enough of it and I turned around to her and I went like and the rage on my face I was like if you ever fucking touch me again I'm gonna fucking kill you like f- like and it was so out of character for me but I just had enough and she she sat back in her chair like and she just was so shocked. Like, I could see on her face that she was like, shit. And the teacher brought us outside the classroom then. And she was like, what was that like in there? Like, Shannon, like, you never do that or ever. And I was like, miss, I'm sorry, but I'm absolutely sick of it. She's wrecking my head. And I just went on a big spiel. And the teacher knew, like, and she, <laughs> you could see in her face that she was actually pleased that I was standing up for myself because she knew the other girl was <laughs> a little shit pretty much. And the other girl was like, Oh, the teacher said to her, um, how do you feel when Shannon said that to you? And the girl was like, she never like talked to me before or anything like that. And ever since that day, nothing. Didn't mm. hear anything from them again. I was like, what? All I had to do was scream my head off. And that, that would have been it. I would have done that in first year if I hadn't known. So those, like that many years of bullying, like that's really like significant, especially at that age, because you're just sensitive and it's just hard and there's so much going on like in your body, in your brain, all that stuff anyway. What sort of effect do you think that had in you growing up and like the person that you are now? I mean, as as weird as it is, like it didn't affect me in a bad way. Mm. Um, it actually made me the person that I am today because even though all that stuff was going on, like I never went home. I never brought it home with me. I never was like, you know, oh, well, there was actually one time I was afraid to go into school, but that's a different story. Well, what was that? Uh, so basically, we, there was a whole thing in the corridor and there was one teacher, bless her. She was so nice and I actually loved her and I got on really well with her. One of the bad girls, I will call her, um, called her Shrek one time and I repeated she went oh my god Shrek and I repeated and I went oh my god like you know what Shrek like I can't believe she called it that but the teacher heard me saying it and not her saying it so straight away she called me to the office and everything she was like that's so unlike you blah 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 whatever and and I was like it wasn't me that said it it wasn't me I was just repeating what I heard and uh, she was like, well, then who said it then? And I was like, I'm not, I don't want to say. And she was like, tell me who said it or like, you know, so we can put an end to this kind of thing. And I was like, if I tell you, will you promise not like to get me involved? Because if I'm involved and they know that I basically ratted them out, life's going to be hell for me kind of thing. Like, and they were like, yeah, we promised, we promised and everything. And I was like, all right. I was like, is this person? And like, I have no loyalty to this person anyway. So I was just like, right, Grant, in the end, it'll all be sorted, I'll be off the hook and whatever, that'll be dealt with. But um, the they basically fecked up because they called her to the office, I was sitting in the office and before they got rid of me, she walked in and seen me sitting there. So she knew I was involved then. And after that then my life was pretty much like hell in school. I was crying at home, I didn't want to go into school because 
like it's so funny because the alpha male of the bully pack was a very small girl like she was smaller than me like and I'm 5'5 five five or something so she was smaller than me so when she'd be in my face and all she'd be on her tippy toes like it's laughable like I used to just find it amusing I never talked back to her I just found it amusing and brushed off my shoulder because I didn't care I knew there was a bigger thing why she was attacking me basically but the people she was with were like sixters and they were bigger than me and moutier than me and whatever so that's what scared me because when they came together it was very intimidating it was very scary and there was talks of like we're going to get you after school and we're going to hop on you and like at this point I would have never been in a fight I would have never hit anyone because I'm not like a really violent person or whatever so I was just like oh my god I don't know what to do if a fight happens and if they're all on top of me like and I don't have like like the only friends that I kind of had in school was the click at lunchtime mm. And I'm not going to just be like, girls, will you like, you know, defend me and whatever. Like, because I just wasn't going to bring anybody else involved. It was kind of my thing. I had sorted out myself. And then my dad ended up coming in, ended up getting sorted and blah, blah, blah. But th- those few weeks were just like, ugh, stressful. And like, did it ever get physical or have you ever been in a physical fight? No, thank God. I never got physical. I never got in a physical fight. To this day, I've never been in a physical fight until I went to Mayo one time for my friend's birthday and a fight happened there and I was trying to get them off my friend and then I ended up getting, like, reefed out of... So that's the only time... Boys or girls? Girls. Girls are vicious. Like, they are vicious. I don't think boys would, like kill you if you're a girl well they shouldn't anyway but but girls fights are just ridiculous because they actually pull your hair and everything and like I'm like I was like a mammy in the situation I was just going over you know to be like hey get off my friend that's not nice you know like using my like words instead of my actions but so then I had to use my actions so then I actually tried to pull her off and then her friend seen me pull her off not even pulling her hair or anything so then she came and pulled my hair and she actually pulled my hoop out of my ear, like a hoop earring. And I went, hey, that is bad form. Like like a, like a mom or something, like that is bad form. Like who says that in the middle of a scrap, that is bad form. What was she trying to do, pull my earlobe out? Like it's ridiculous. Like can everyone just take a step back for a minute, like rewind, rewind this, like mm. people are crazy. People are crazy, right, let's have a the spin. Yes. All right, here we go. Number 24, do you have it? 24, I don't. I have 22. No Damn. worries. Number 24. The question is, what is your definition of success for yourself? What is my definition of success for myself? Oh, my goodness. These questions are very deep on a morning, isn't it? Like, yes, my brain's not even awake. Okay, my definition for success. Well, obviously, you have to work hard. I mean, success isn't going to just come to you and, like, fall in your lap. I mean, you would know yourself from this industry. Like, you have to work hard. Um, content you have to have good content and I don't know drive mm. and you need to be a good boss I mean if you don't have the initiative and the drive in yourself as a person to wake up every day and go out and get what you want kind of thing I guess you're not going to succeed I mean a lot of people have this vision of like oh I want to be a movie star and I want to be this and everything like that but they don't have the drive to back it up and to go out and get it they just feel like they should have it because they went to college and they're entitled to a kind of thing but it's not about like what you're entitled to or like where you came from or what fancy college you went to it's all about like the drive and you going out and meeting the right people and getting up every day and working on yourself as a person 
to succeed because I think that's just what makes you succeed. The type of person you are and the drive in you to go get what you want. Go get it, girl. And so if you're doing all that and you're doing, you're, you know, you're getting up and, and you're working on yourself, you're, you're working hard, you're going out doing the things, meeting the people. What What is all that for ultimately? Like what does, what does it look like for you? Let's say like, you know, you do all that, it, it goes right 15 years down the line. What do you want your life to look like? Well, me personally, I'd love to be a full-time presenter. Right. Like, that is, that's my ultimate goal at the moment. Like, right now I'm working in RT, and I, I'm on doing a radio show at the Hip Hop Show every Friday. So that's where I'm starting at the moment. I have the Hip Hop Show every Friday, and then I have my YouTube channel, Shenanigans, every Sunday, and I started that originally to practice presenting in front of camera, to get comfortable with it, so if an audition ever came up, I wasn't like freezing in front of the camera being like, um, my name is Barbara, no, no Shannon, you know what I mean? Like that's why I originally set it up. And then also like I get to come up with my own content. I get to see behind the scenes of events. If I'm like, if I bump into a celebrity or whatever, I can interview them and I'm just using my skills all the time and it's exciting and I love it. Like, do you know what I mean? So although I'm getting up and I'm working on myself and I'm working on a website and like, you know, doing like, you know, demos for radios and like show reels for like, visual presenting stuff like that every day like working like I'm I might not be in an office in a job getting paid every day but I'm at home working on my computer working on myself every day for my dream job at the end basically kind of thing so yeah I hope someone hire me yeah <laughs> so obviously you went to school and am I, you, you trained as an actor right yeah I trained as an actor so absolute flip like <laughs> yeah so and like how because I because like you I mean my my two passions are main ones. I love doing the podcast now, but like yeah. I love writing and I love acting. They're yeah. the two things I love, right? Um, do you, and like obviously one of your first loves was acting and now you found these other loves like the YouTube and, and the presenting, which is amazing. Is there ever a part of you that, because obviously you're still doing acting, so it's not like you don't do that anymore. Yeah. But is there ever a part of you that feels like you're betraying your first love or anything like that? I mean, I've always actually wanted to be like a presenter and stuff like that and like even my mom and dad like ever since like I was younger they'd be like oh you'd be like really good at that you have the kind of personality but I was just kind of like yeah but you know I'd like to be an actor and study acting and stuff like that because it, I thought it'd also be really good for me to kind of get me out of my shell and stuff like that and also you get qualifications to teach kids and you know it's always a good way to get money on the side while you're doing your kind of artistic jobs because we know artistic jobs don't necessarily pay sometimes. Sometimes you just do collabs kind of, you know, with these big people because you're like, yeah, it'll be good for me. It's a step in the right direction, but you might be paid for it and stuff like that. So you do need something on the side to keep you kind of taken over so you can feed yourself, you know what I mean? Because you can't survive on noodles mm. or like beans or whatever. Um, so yeah I got the qualifications to teach so I actually teach kids as well like on the side which is great and I love doing it as well because you know I, I'd even like to be a children's presenter and have like a kind of kids show and stuff like that so to, to go to college and to study drama really like opened my eyes and gave me more confidence in myself so I'm able to teach as well because if you can be in shows and you know the stress that goes into it, the learning the lines, the costumes, you know, the character, uh, what is it, the, um, what word am I looking for here? The, mm -mm -mm, we'll skip it because I can't remember. Yeah. But everything that goes into basically performing. And then when you're teaching your kids, you know what they're feeling, you know what they're going through because you've done it yourself when you're going through college. So back to your question anyway, do I feel like I'm a train 
my first love. No, I don't, because I still get to do drama on the side every now and again. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Yeah, swing it. Right, let's give it a spin. Yeah. All right, here we go. Number 45. Do you have it? I don't. I feel like I'm definitely not going to win. Yeah, that's all right. Look, <laughs> fuck it. We're having I a need, chance. I need to stop talking so much. I need to be like, yes, no, move on. All right, you can try to do that with this question. <laughs> I can't wait to watch you fail. Uh, with the benefit of hindsight, was there a callous moment that made you want to pursue, like whether it's presenting, acting, anything in that like field of performative stuff? Was there a moment that like you look back on, like that was the moment? Was there a moment? I mean, I think when I was in school and stuff like that, like, you know, how I dealt with stuff, how I dealt with bullying or whatever, like, I was the performer kind of thing. Like, if people were sad or whatever, I'd put on a show, I'd tell a few jokes and it'd make them smile and i seen their reaction and it made them happy and I kind of got the feeling that that's what I kind of want to do. I want to be involved with people. I want to bring happiness. I want to entertain, like, you know, kind of thing. So... Yeah, like probably like how I how I deal with certain situations, I wouldn't like if if I was being bullied, for example, I could have just been like, oh, do you know, whatever, and been walking around, and and that's fair enough. Like, I mean, everybody deals with things differently, but how I dealt with it was, I'm not gonna let it affect me. Do you know what I mean? They're obvious. It's obviously coming from a place in them that they're feeling down. At that age, I I knew that kind of thing, so. I would just continue about my life and I would just put on a show and be the messer and the jokester and the performer in school and that's just the way I always was. So that's when I knew, like, I'm, I know it's so cheesy, but I'm born to, like, actor, presenter, do you know kind of thing? Yeah. Can I say a weird thing to you? We've been looking at two loads of facts videos together and stuff yeah. like that, right? So but what's really interesting about what you do is I think you're always very willing to look stupid, to look ugly to be silly to sound stupid you don't really have like I, and correct me if I'm wrong it, to me as a, like an outsider looking in you don't really seem to have much fear yeah. which is really interesting especially from someone who grew up like being bullied and stuff yeah. like that do you think that like and it makes me think of things you know you see these things about you know say like someone like Robin Williams and they talk about like the sad clown and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff like I know I'm throwing a lot at you there but can you just talk a little bit about like your willingness to, to be that silly to be that I don't know. I mean, I've always been brought up like, I know, like, I know you should care what people think. And like, I do care what people think, like, you know, in certain levels kind of thing, you know. But the majority, and I think as older as you get, you care more about what people think. Like, when I was younger, I was really like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be, like, if I, like, say, for example, like, you know, stripes are fashionable now. If I don't like stripes, I'm not going to wear them because it's a trend. I'm going to just wear what's not in trend. And if someone says, oh, my God, Shannon, like, you're like, that's not in trend. I like, I don't care. I'm comfortable and I like what I'm wearing. Like, it's roasting now and I'm wearing a jumper. Like, what am I doing in my life? But when I was bullied in school, I used to come home to my mom and I used to be like, oh, ma, this is gas. So the girl was in my face and she was like, you fucking bitch, blah, 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 blah. And her head, her head was going north, south, east and west. And I was... 
I was breaking me bollocks off and like, and my mom was looking at me and she was like, you know, I'm delighted that like, this is how you're dealing with it. Like, and she never questioned that I was dealing with it any other way because I'm, I was so genuine in my emotions. Like I'm the type of person, like, you know, I wear my kind of heart on my sleeve. I'm very transparent. If I'm in a bad mood, it's, it's on my face kind of thing. If I'm happy, it's on my face. So she, she knew obviously being my mom that like, when I'm actually talking about, like I'd come back every day and be like, this is what happened to me in school, blah, blah. She'd be like, oh Jesus, you know, and they'd be laughing with me that I'm laughing. So I just, I could always just kind of brush it off. I never cared what people said, no matter what people said to me, you're like, cause I used to be fat as well. So they used to call me Miss Piggy. No matter how much they called me Miss Piggy and everything like that, I was just like, yeah, well, Miss Piggy um, is a very confident person. So whatever kind of thing, you know, I just brush it off. And same with like YouTube, I know when I go on and you know, I have balls in my mouth and like whatever and I'm spit taking and there's stuff coming out of my nose. It doesn't matter to me because that's who I am as a person. Like if I was on a first date, like you would know. I told you I shit myself on first date. Like that's how I'd be. If I was on a first date with a lad like and you know, girls would be like, I'm not gonna order spaghetti because it'd be all down my face. I'd be like, you know, I'm gonna order spaghetti because I really want a spaghetti. And it will be down my face and I'll be like, Oh sorry, it's all down my face, blah 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 like But whether they like it or not, if they like it they can come back for more. If they don't they can go away. That's how I know if people like me or they don't like me because I'm just gonna be myself, like Yeah, I like I have you had many like dates that have got, like gone that way? That yeah, I mean, I've had like like back in my Tinder days. Um, I went on loads of dates and I was always myself, and it kind of turned into um an experiment in the end, because I was like, I'm just gonna see how far I can push these lads by really, really being myself to see if they actually come back for more, and like majority of them did and I was like what's wrong with these these are either like weird or something or like I'm actually just a cool chick you know so I don't know it's funny though we were um, I just got back from doing some interrailing right and there was yeah. one night we were set with this bunch of lads and interrailing's really weird I was saying this to someone like I, I don't mean this in like the sexual way but it's really romantic in the sense of like you rock up into this city right by yourself you check into a hostel you meet these people you've never met them before you're never going to meet them again and you just have these really intense nights with them or days with them whatever the case might be where you're meeting them for the first time and you might, might even know their second name you don't have them on Facebook Instagram Twitter you're never going to see them again and you just have these really like intense chats these intense like experiences like you're going exploring you're going dancing you're going drinking whatever it is and you know there was one night and this guy asked me he was like so what for you we, we, we was kind of in a group so like, yes the group what for you is the biggest um, the biggest like turn off or like turn on whatever whatever way you want to phrase it and I was like that's it's a really good question wow it's a good question right? yeah um, for me the answer was I don't I'm not attracted to someone who's real put together like I mean I am in one, one way sure but like I was like I will, I, I know myself I get bored of that very quickly like I like the weird things about the person I like the contradictions I like if they don't have their shit together like when I, I find it really attractive <laughs> when people are like you know into kind of finding their own hypocrisies and all that I, I like all that so like someone who kind of 
isn't like that or isn't aware of the ways they are like that that to me isn't very attractive so I wonder is that what those guys were seeing in you and they're kind of like, well this girl's like yeah she's a bit like she's a bit fucking weird she's a bit messy whatever it is but yeah. she owns it like that's a really nice thing yeah well I mean like I know I'm not like I know I'm weird and that's okay like I I, I do I own that I'm weird I never know what's going to come out of my mouth myself because I don't really have a filter it's kind of like it's in my mind and straight away it comes out of my mouth that's why, like, I do be, le- I, well, I try and teach myself to, you know, in certain situations, pro- really professional ones, to, like, really just think before you say, Shannon, because sometimes, you know, you can kind of put your foot in it, you know, and especially people who don't actually know who I am or have never seen me on YouTube and don't know that I'm actually just like the all time would be like, well, fuck shit, man. What the fuck is this yoke walking in? And I'm quite unpredictable in that sense as well. So maybe lads like the unpredictableness of like they don't know where they're going to be tomorrow with me. <laughs> and, and for you and lads, what what are your big turn-ons or like turn-offs in that same way that I answered? Um, I mean, my biggest turn-on, like I don't know, like it's weird. I need someone to be kind of weird with me. Yeah. Like I can't have someone that's like judging me because that's the biggest turn-off ever. Like if I was to say something stupid or sometimes I might say words that like I might say words but they don't actually mean what I what I mean they mean do you get me yep. like I'll just say we're thinking it means this thing because I've said it for ages and my friends are just like oh Shannon like you know but they haven't corrected me because it's rude to correct people kind of thing and I just be like yeah Felizan fel- blah blah or something <laughs> like that and they'd just be like oh. but I might say to somebody else and they might judge me or they might correct me or like whatever and I don't like that I don't like being corrected I don't like being told how to speak it's not like my mother it's her mother or like you know something stupid like that I hate that because this is the way I speak I'm Northsider this is who I am this is who I've always been like leave me alone like who are you to come in and tell me like this isn't the right grammar or whatever like do you know Feck off, let me live my life. I'm happy here. Like, yeah, I mean, it's communication like that. Even like what we've been chatting here, that's happened yeah. a couple of times, and it's totally fine because every yeah. single time I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yes, thank you, Tom. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Uh, yeah, it's really so yeah, judgmentalness definitely a turn off. Sure, do you think because it was interesting when you're saying you need someone to be weird with you? So, that in the sense is like, so that's that goes against the phrase. Well, they're two different things, so I totally agree. Someone to not judge you, that's so important. Cause yeah. I mean, that's going to just, as we said, it's a, like, you don't want to be censoring yourself mm-hmm. ever. But then do you think that, like, do you think that if you found someone who was as weird, maybe even weirder, do you think that that would, like, fuck with your head a little bit? Or do you think it's a case of, like, opposites attract? So maybe you're going to be into some guy who's, like, a little bit quite, you know he's a little bit weird. Every now and then he'll chip in with this, like, kind of gas statement, but you know he's never judging you. Like, is there is there a type that you think you'd go for more so? Yeah, now, actually, now that you say that, I would never go out with anyone that is more weird than me. Okay. Okay, so usually when, if I was to actually go out with someone or get with someone, now, and it's not even on purpose, really, they're always quieter than me. And, like, so I would be the crazy one and the the talky one, and they would be, like, you know, in a social situation, so they would be more, like, coming in, like, Hey, how are you doing? Blah, blah, having normal conversations with people. And I'd be like, hey, what's up? Blah, 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 like whatever. And then like he would be like, yeah, it's my girlfriend on the couch over there, jumping up and down, like, you know, whatever. And he'd just be the normal one. But then when we're behind closed doors, we're weirdos together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, I mean, in all of my experience of going out with people, whatever, my other half has always been less weird than me on the outside, but behind closed doors. 
equally as weird as me. Okay, are you in a relationship now? Yes. Does your current boyfriend ever have like, what? What's his relationship to your like YouTube channel and your like working like Fact to Try or your own channel yourself? He's actually really not. He's not used to it. Like he's not used to it at all. Like this, it's all alien to him because like he just he he works in a normal job. Like do you know what I mean? So it's all a- alien to him. So when he sees comments from like people being like yeah nice tits and everything I'd love to shove that in you and everything he'd just be like what is wrong with these people why are they talking about your tits and why are they saying they want to fuck you like you know you're after just doing a nice lovely little <laughs> cute video there and this is their reaction to it and I'm just like I know there's some people are just weird like you just can't like stop but it's so funny because my audience like because you can like look up the analytics isn't it of that mm. is that the word um and my audience is mainly like 30 year olds to 50 male. Really? Yeah, 30 to 50 male. I, like I thought I'd be having like real young people on there because my content is quite like young and child friendly. I, I try and keep it that way. Um, But yeah, yeah, 30 to 50 year old men. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just like this looks less like less suspect than Pornhub. Yeah, I know. Like, and I, like I, I don't even mind, but I don't go on and be like, Hey, you know, like, and I don't wear like low tops delivery. Like, I always try and like just be my normal. Like, I just wear whatever I'm wearing on that day, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. It's weird. <laughs> right. Let's give it a spin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number forty-seven. Do you have it? Forty-seven. No. No worries. Number forty-seven. The question is: What do you think people's first impressions of you are? First impressions of me. I hate all them questions of like, what do you think people think of you? Mm. Um, why do you hate the? Why do you hate my question? No, no, like, <laughs> no, no, but like, honestly, nothing against your question. No, but why? Why is that? No, do you know, like, when um, I don't know if you're doing an interview or something like that, and you're like, they're like, what is your best qualities about you? Like, and you have to sell yourself. I don't know. I always feel real like awkward with those questions. No, I don't want to know about your best qualities. I want to know what you like. You know the way you 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 we talk quite a lot about how you think you're weird. Yeah. Okay. What so like. And you also talked about in a professional setting, if you're meeting someone, you will try and maybe tone it down a little yeah. bit. So so do you think that you fundamentally come across as a fucking weirdo? No. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think I come across as a weirdo because, I mean, I can tame myself to the best levels. <laughs> I find if I'm in like a professional situation, sometimes I get lost. And mm. um, because I'm I'm conscious of what I'm saying I'm conscious of my actions so I find sometimes my personality might actually get lost in that moment and then I walk away feeling "Mm, I didn't really do myself any justice there because I wasn't really being myself Mm -hmm. in a situation and but then sometimes I get afraid if I stop being conscious of what I say and do and 100% you know be myself that I might come on too strong like or scare the person off or say something that you shouldn't say to somebody in that situation kind of thing but I have been told by people like people either like me or they don't like me straight away like you know because I'm either like a head melt or else she's different and cool and I'm going to get on board whatever she's done. I've had people say, like, you're weird, but, like, in the best way. Like, you're crazy, but in the best way, kind of thing like that. So, I mean, yeah, people either like me or they don't, kind of thing. It's interesting about that thing of, like, you know, uh, work meetings and stuff. Like, because 
I have a feeling that like say you know you have the presenting job on RT now on yeah. Fridays which is amazing but I have a feeling the reason that like out of anyone they could have given that job to they gave that job to you is because they like the fact that you're a bit weird and they probably like the fact that sometimes you say the wrong words and they probably like the fact that you know all, all the things that make you like um, you know different and quirky and wrong for a lot of jobs will make you really right for specific jobs yeah. so it's kind of like if they're not on board with the real you anyway well then you don't want that job yeah true but I find when I'm on actually when I'm actually on radio I'm 100% myself like I'm like well yeah whatever but it's when I'm off radio and then I'm in the actual like situations like talking to these people then I'm like oh my god you know, I can't say the wrong thing to this person because that could ruin me. It's just kind of a little thing in your mind that you feel. But that's probably just me overthinking. Do you know what I mean? Just overthinking. I find the older I get, the more I overthink. Whereas the younger I was, I, I, I know it's weird. I didn't think, you know, and that kind of stood, stood for me because it got me more places because when you overthink things, you kind of talk yourself out of things. Whereas if you don't overthink things and just go in and be like, I'm shit, it kind of, you kind of progress kind of more. So I think that comes with old age and then like all the social media and all of that stuff, like everything just makes you overthink. It can be very intense sometimes. Like, So presenting a show on RT, especially for people listening from other countries, RT is our national broadcaster. It's quite a big deal. Yeah. How did that come around for you because that wouldn't be your background yeah I know it was actually it was amazing like it was it was just faith kind of thing Um, I was working for myself um, at Electric Picnic for shenanigans like getting the behind scenes and interviewing like Vox Pops and stuff like that and I bumped into um my co-host Iman Adama do you, you know him don't you I do yeah yeah he's on facts I bumped into him and he was actually working for RT at the time like interviewing like the acts and stuff like that and I was like hey oh my god like blah 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 I was like that's amazing what you're doing everything like that I was like I'm also working for shenanigans like maybe you can get me an interview as well what 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 you know like trying to like pull a few strings and everything he was like yeah I'll try my best whatever blah blah so we ended up meeting up again and I was like, oh, it's Delhi, you're working RT, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah. Meeting up at EP or like for coffee or something? No, yeah, like at EP, like the next day kind of thing. Like mm. he was working there like time. So we did meet up for lunch, whatever. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, it's great that you're doing that, whatever. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we we're just having chats with Norma Grant. Skip on to a few weeks. He was actually doing the radio show with two other girls. And so one girl, it didn't work out. Um, they sent in the demo, the producers didn't like it. Another girl also didn't work out, sent in the producers, they didn't like it. And then he, because I was just talking to him at Electric Picnic, I was in his mind, he knew if this is something I wanted to do, wanted to pursue. He called me and was like, hey, would you be interested in coming in and making a demo because there's an opportunity, if the producers like it, then we could have a show. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I want to come in yesterday like I was so excited I was like this is great so then I went in I was a bit nervous but I like I kind of felt it in my blood like that this was my like this was for me kind of thing like I was like I'm ready for it like I was born for this like went in um, did the demo like we have all we had all different segments and everything showed it to the producers the producers loved it straight away and they were like yeah you go live in two weeks and I was like what we go live and two, you want me to talk live okay right grand that's fine and that was just it then like it just happened from there it was it was great yeah well actually can i ask you you know this morning you text me like do we go out live or do we go out pre-recorded yeah why 
because we do the show live all the time. So I was kind of like, if I make a mis- like, if I make a mistake, it's live. So I was just getting mentally prepared, like, right, this is live. So, or else if it was pre-recorded, I knew you could edit it if it was shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, just cut it all out and let's record again from the top, okay? <laughs> from the top. All right. Here we go. All right, number thirty. Do you have it? I don't. I've thirty three. Oh man, this is such a fix. Does anyone ever win? No one's won yet. Someone's got five out of six. No one's got six. Out of five out of six. Yeah. So like it is. I haven't even got one. I know it is possible. Um, but I have a question for you. Right. What's your worst habit? My worst habit. My worst habit. I really like how you repeat every question I ask. Oh, sorry. Is that annoying? No, it's really funny. I love it. (laughs) Please keep it going. It's in my because I have to like. My mind is like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's a good, like, buying time tactic. What is my worst habit? Hmm, 10 hours later, what is my worst habit? Um, I don't know, like, a habit that you do, like, physically or, like, in with yourself kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it just sounds like you're talking about masturbating now. Oh, God, no, Tom. Like, I mean, my personal worst habit that no one would know about would be overthinking. Okay. So that would be my personal worst habit. My external, um... Worst habit would be <laughs> laughing. <laughs> like laughing at like stupid situations or like nervous laughing or whatever. Like, um, what else would I do? I don't pick my nose. I actually did a shenanigans with my mom there and we were talking about what is your worst habit. Um, it was Mr. and Mrs. but mother and daughter. And she was like, you have this habit that you did ever since you were a kid with your nose. And I was like, mom, I didn't pick my nose. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're ruining me. And she was like, no, you're fucking worse. And you fucking nose. Like, like it, wait until you see it. It's out. It's out. And um, it basically, when I was a little girl, I used to have a BB, which is a blanket. Okay. And it had like, um, like little bits of tread on it because I kept picking. And I used to just sit there and I used to just like rub it up my nose and like I did it like all the time like I just no matter where I was out in the public eye with my nose like at home in bed just like and I had this BB up until like the age of like like 12 or something (laughs) 12 years of age sleeping with this BB that you've had since you're a kid like that's bad form I put it into a box though and uh, I still have it it's very mouldy now but um yeah yeah, love it, love it, love it, love yeah. it. Right, let's give it a spin. All right, here we go. Number 53. Do you have it? No, 52. No worries. Number 53. The question is, what's the greatest piece of art you've ever witnessed? So would that be film, theatre, music, comedy, concert, art galleries, anything like that? What's like a, a standout artistic piece of creation you've seen? What is a standout artistic creation? I mean, I don't really have any like standout artistic creations that I've seen. I, w- I wouldn't be going to art galleries or anything. Um, I can appreciate art and obviously theatre and stuff like that. But I'm more like views. That's what kind of gets me and takes my breath away. Like sometimes I w- might see a view. Like if I'm out on a walk or a hike or whatever. And like I don't know if you feel the same way or I'm just a weirdo. But you ever get when you look at something and it's so beautiful that you could just cry? Mm-hmm. Because you're just like... <sighs> It's so great to like be alive and like be looking at this now. Like and I can't believe it's real, like and it's actually there kind of thing. Like it's just like that's like real and it's so beautiful, like it just makes you emotional. I was living in France, uh, I was touring with a theatre company 
and I used to run around the mountains and whatever like because I was training for a run then but like the views I seen in the countrysides in like the south of France were just like jaw dropping like I still remember them now like it was like three years ago but I always remember that they were just so like beautiful and even like in Ireland like the cliffs of Moher and stuff like that like the views are like this is real like what I'm standing here and this is real like it seems like your body shouldn't be there because it's like fake or something because it's so beautiful kind of thing so as far as like art and stuff like that goes like the best creation and artistic thing would be real life that's a fucking great answer what what do you think it is about like cliffs and the ocean and mountains and forests why do we have that much of a like a visceral response to them I don't know I like I don't know why views move me so much but they calm me um, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but uh, I'm a water sign. <laughs> um, so I always like love water and the sound of water. And I think maybe it's an Irish thing as well. Like, you know, when you're going to bed and you can hear the rain on your window and all like a sewage and it makes you feel happy and relaxed and calm and at home kind of thing. So when I'm looking at like views of like the war and stuff, it's like no matter what you're thinking or how bad your day has gone or like, you know, anything, you can just like leave your own body and you're literally just floating there in that moment looking at this beautiful view and all your worries just go away like you don't need to pay money for a counsellor or anything for me personally this is the counselling right here kind of thing you know so I don't know had you ever paid money for a counsellor or a therapist no I haven't no yeah not not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the time is young. I think friends are great for that as well. Like, you know, like say if I'm having a bad day and I'll meet up with my girls, I could be laughing our heads off. We're talking about stupid things and I'll tell them what my problems is. And they're like, I feel the same way. I cried about that last week too. And you're like, oh, we're normal, but we're crazy together, you know, kind of thing. So I think friends are good counselors. And then like the likes of going on walks and stuff like that really helps clear your mind. Like, because sitting on... T- sitting watching telly being on your phone scrolling through looking at everyone's life you know that's not going to help you if you're feeling mentally down in yourself because you're just kind of turning into a robot or like diving into other people's like problems or whatever like to distract you from your own so I think talking about with your friends or just going to walk with your own thoughts to clear your head is the best well for me anyway it is but Mm. everyone deals with everything differently so yeah love it alright let's give it a spin alright here we go number 42 do you have it? No. No worries. Number 42. The question is, if there was one thing you could change about Ireland, what would it be? If there's one thing I could change about Ireland, what would it be? What would it be? I mean, there's a few things probably. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Well, the housing crisis, first of all, it's ridiculous. Um, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Do you live at home or do you live outside of home? Um, I'm currently living in my nanny's house right now. Right. So, I mean, I'm really lucky in the sense that I can live there and not pay the full amount of rent and be able to save for a mortgage in the meantime. Um, I think the rent is just so ridiculous. Like, it's 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 sickening. Like, like that I genuinely, as a person, would not be able to afford rent if I didn't have this opportunity kind of thing. So I feel for people, like... Because, I mean, yeah, I'm paying, like, not the normal amount of rent, but I'm paying the bills and everything like that. And... Even that, like, you'd be struggling every month to get that and whatever. But, like, I feel for everyone that's our age. I think our generation is, like, 
in a pickle compared to like other generations because they make it really hard for you nowadays to get a mortgage and stuff like that and the likes of our kind of jobs and everything you know if you want to go for a mortgage you need to be like paying tax like you know all the time and be having jobs like all the time and show your credits and whatever like it's hard for us in the creative industry even more so than the normal like you know retail working folk to to get a mortgage because we don't pay tax can like continually because we'll have a job here and then the job will be gone for there and then we'll have a different job there so it won't it is stressful right. I've had stressful times thinking about it like so I am in a lucky situation at the moment I don't know how it's gonna last for do you know what I mean like I, I might have to move out like one day obviously um, but as of now I'm just making the most of it and yeah counting my blessings do you ever think about emigrating emigrating Oh, emigrating. Like, oh, yeah. emigrating is in and like, emigrating, yeah. Um, I mean, if I had to move from my career, like, to England or something like that for presenting work, I would. Like, 100% I would. And if I knew the job was going to financially support me to pay rent over there, 100% yes, I would. But the houses are so much cheaper in England. Like, my cousin is living over there now, um, and she only needs £15,000 for the deposit of the mortgage whereas here we need 30,000 euro I know like it's a difference in you know euros pounds whatever but it's still like massive like and and she's earning like more as well like so it's like she has a really nice setup over there so I'm delighted for her that she doesn't have the stresses of over here so yeah like I mean if I could find a job over there I would move but I wouldn't move just because of like houses kind of thing because mm. like you love family here like and even though England is only, you know, literally down the road, um, I'd have to be with me man, dad. Like, I'd need to know that they're there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a real Irish person for that. Like, you get homesick very easily. Like, I'm I'm moving out of home now, like, the last year, and even even still, I'm homesick. And, like, I crave my mom and I crave my dad. Like, so I'll just go over there just to sit and have a cup of tea with them, and, you know, they'll make me a dinner. And, like, just to be in the same room as them I just crave their energy or something like that it's weird like are I, you an only child uh, no I have a sister and a brother right and uh, what, what's your relationship with them like are you close yeah we're really close my sister's 11 my brother's 20 what is it no he's 22 now actually he's not 21 and um, yeah like we're really close like me and my brother are really close but there's obviously a big gap between me and my sister so I'm like more of her mother <laughs> than her sister but yeah we got on really really well so we're lucky yeah what's that like having a sister because like especially you know having the conversation that we just had about you know the difficulties of growing up and like she's about to go into secondary school right and you know that's a tough time like do, do you have that relationship where like you'll give her advice or she'll tell you stuff or she'll talk about boys and all this sort of stuff well that's like this is a whole different story but my sister is actually um well recently she well not recently it's kind of been since she's the age of five she basically said she was gay mm. and she wants to be a boy okay so i don't really have the normal sister sister relationship with her in the sense we don't talk about girls like I don't teach her how to do her makeup and whatever. Now she is in an all girls school, and we've had talks with you know the principal and everything like that, and everything is grand. Like you know, cause she's still physically a girl right now. Uh, she has a boy's haircut and she wears like you know boys' clothes and whatever because that's what she feels comfortable in. And like we completely support her, and she's so free to be able to talk to us about 
anything that she's feeling or whatever and like we're 100% there to support her but like like anyone you know we're learning with it as we go it's new to us we've never had an experience in our family where someone was born a gender and they wanted to become a different gender so we're doing the best we can with what we know and how we can educate and stuff like that like she's in counseling right now to um talk about her feelings and for them to kind of analyze that this like because obviously she's only 11 like to get into her mind and to make sure 100% that this is what she wants to do before we make any kind of further decisions for her going forward um, because obviously we just want the best for her and for her to be happy and not feel oppressed or whatever and for her to be as free as, as being herself as possibly as she can. So like the whole talk is about like the bullying stuff like that, like I haven't had to have any chats with her about bullying or nothing like that and it was a fear naturally because... um kids aren't really so forgiven and they actually are like quite judgmental um but no one has said anything to her really no one has questioned her she goes out and she plays with boys and she plays football and like they treat her just like one of the lads now she hasn't said to you know her friends or whatever because we've told her like you know there's no point talking to your friends about you want to be a boy because they're at the age that they don't understand and they wouldn't like you know what I mean like it's not kind of you can talk to us about anything and your counsellor or whatever you can talk to your teacher or your principal or everything but we're kind of like you know don't be going in and telling the girls in school that this is you know what I mean because they won't understand as much as we're learning and we're adults you know they'll be going home to their moms being like what so um, yeah so they everyone's been really accepting and she went like the, the biggest um, fear for me was when she had really long hair to her bum like mm beautiful long blonde hair absolute jealousy I had I was like I can't believe you're cutting off your hair I want your hair but yeah she cut it off she went into a barber's and this was the first kind of experience she had with being rejected as a girl she went into the barber's to get her haircut because she sees herself as a boy and she wants to get her hair done in a barber's because that's where boys get their haircut and they refused her they were like no we're not doing it because you're a girl and my mom was like but she wants a boy's haircut blah 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 and they were like yeah but we don't do girls so that was the first kind of rejection she got as you know because she's physically a girl but she wants to be a boy you know what I mean so it was, that was kind of a shit like this might happen for her down the line and this was on the summer holiday long story short she got her hair cut she went back to school and that was when I was like I hope everyone I just hope everyone doesn't say anything about her hair accepts her hair do you know what I mean like just as her big sister and protective I just wanted it to go smooth sailing and she wasn't going to come home crying and everything but like me as a kid she honestly doesn't give a flying fuck like she doesn't give a shit if someone would say something to her she'd be like whatever I don't care do you know what I mean like she's, she's very similar in me to me in that sense that she doesn't care even when she's so different to all these other like she's an all-girl school and like as a person mentally and everything she's going she's so different to everyone like nobody can say anything to her because she's so like this is who I am and I'm happy you know what I mean so I love her for that like she's so strong like she's deadly I love her yeah that's amazing yeah that was that was that was a beautiful little uh Sorry, Chuck, I'm so glad I asked about yeah. your family. That's a gorgeous little family. It's a lovely story. Thanks for sharing it. Right. right, let's give it a spin. All right, here we go. Number 51. Javin? No, 52. Yeah. <laughs> it's always so close. So, so far. Close. Yeah, so far. Do you have an obsessive personality? Yeah. I do. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me, I just had some more there. 
I'm obsessive in the fact like I'm like attention to detail like I'm a perfectionist like if I was doing shenanigans or something like I'd like it I could edit in a day if I wanted to but like because it's not due on Sunday I will constantly nitpick and edit it like for the whole week and even at the end on the Sunday I'm still like it's not perfect whatever but it's Sunday now and it has to go out and I'll put it out and I'm feeling like oh you know it, it wasn't great I wasn't 100% happy with it kind of thing but then the comments are coming in everyone's happy and then that makes me be like okay it's grand again and then it all starts again then on Monday and I start editing whatever same with like radio and stuff like that like if I was doing an interview or whatever I might walk away and be like oh you know I should have said this or I should have said this like so I mean the overthinking comes in again like you know the overthinking and attention to detail and I'm a perfectionist and I want everything to you know go well and kind of thing so yeah you keep talking about overthinking do you think is that a is that a form of like anxiety for you yeah this is a new thing <laughs> that I'm basically experiencing so I was never really an overthinker I was kind of like loosey-goosey free bird kind of thing but the last two years um well it, it kind of came on from my previous relationship that it kind of started and then I was single for a while get my shit together and I don't know like it's kind of coming back now so it is kind of a form of anxiety I guess now I haven't been diagnosed for it but I like sometimes every now and again I have panic attacks and stuff when I like overthink too much or get myself worked up or get upset kind of thing I would have like panic attacks and stuff now and I haven't even gone to the doctor like I haven't you know went further about it because I'm basically like it's grand like you know I'll get through it myself take deep breaths in take deep breaths out go for the views whatever grand but so so maybe I could go to the doctor and he's like no you're actually grand blah blah sometimes you just get a little bit worked up and you can't breathe like but yeah I, I guess the overthinking is a kind of maybe possibly an anxiety kind of thing you mentioned that that first rose its head during your previous relationship what was it about that that you think sparked it it just the end of the relationship was just really not good like things were being done that was out of my control um communication was really bad um so I just kind of like I kind of really lost myself in in that relationship it, it lasted for like five years and like the first you know three years were grand the fourth year like problems started to arise and then we actually broke off but then we got back together and it's always the biggest regret that I'll ever have because the last year was the year that ruined me like like that was the year that basically killed Shannon <laughs> oh it's so dramatic but yeah like I always I was I was a completely different person before the last year and it took it's actually taken me like a while you know and facts was actually really a, a big thing and meeting everybody there to get myself back to Shannon kind of thing but every now and again my mind goes back to that Shannon so that's something that I'm trying to bash out basically because that's the only thing that's left of that Shannon. And who was that Shannon? She wasn't her, like, she just wasn't Shannon. She wasn't a happy person. She didn't smile. Um, she just, 
she was just lost. She had no dreams. She had no drive. She she was working in a like a job that like just wasn't for her. Like you know, so yeah, she just she was just on autopilot walking around doing like not living really. Mm. Well, I'm glad you found real Shannon. Yeah, I know. Thank God. Yeah. The only thing that's left is the overthinking. That just needs to go and then we're good. We're yeah, good. yeah. Well, you know, that's not too bad. You're doing all right. Yeah, I know. Right, let's go. Everything else is gone but that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. No, I love it. I love it. Right, let's, let's give it another spin. All right, here we go. Number... I hope this is a good question because that got too deep for me. <laughs> hey, man, no, look. It better be a happy one. No, but you know, it's actually... It's, this is such a lovely chat with you because as in, like I was saying, what I think people love... One of the things people love about you, I think, is your willingness to, you know, be silly and to be goofy and to be whatever, you know, you want to be. But it's really nice to also hear, like, you know, that you're super intelligent, that you're super introspective, that you're very self-aware. That's lovely too. I think, like, loads of people, like, they only see your kind of online persona as well and they're like, oh, she's the happy girl, blah, blah, blah. But, like, everybody, nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors, you know, like you have bad days as well and I'm the type of person yeah I'm an extrovert I'm outgoing blah 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 but I also need those times where I go away for like a day and recharge my batteries and then I'm ready to come back out again like I can't be so you know blah, 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 all the time because it it drains you like it would drain any person to to be like on all the time you know and that's a part of my job as well like you have to be on like when you're on radio you can't be like yeah, so I'm not having a really bad day today. Like, you can't, you have, to, even if you had a bad day, you have to be on, like, you know yourself. So, yeah, I know. Mix and match. Yeah, totally. This next question is kind of appropriate for you. Okay. Uh, number eight, would you like to host the Late Late Show? Yes. Is that is that, is that the dream? Well, I'd actually, originally, when I set up shenanigans, um, it was to practice presenting, blah, blah, blah. But I really wanted to pitch a show called shenanigans because like it's a play on words you know and it's an Irish thing I thought it would be cool um, but I wanted to like go out into the streets and do funny kind of things whatever like interview celebrities that was my idea for shenanigans at the beginning but some weeks it is just a YouTube channel like I'm doing like you know challenges which is very YouTube-y but then other weeks I'm like talking to Garrett Gates and stuff like that because I bumped into him and I'm like Daddy this is this is the moment you know or like doing behind the scenes or something so I would love to eventually have a show one day and I would love if it was my own and it was called Shenanigans but yeah I would host any like I'd love to do like MTV or like something like that or like Obviously not I'm a celebrity You can't Like I'd love to I'm a celebrity But you can't take over From Anton Deck <laughs> But um, Yeah like Anything like that Be amazing It'd be just amazing yeah. I know I'd be great for it Like I just know I know it's really dicky But like I know You know when you feel it In your, in your blood And your bones And you're just like you're like, this is what I was born to do kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to trust that. And I think it's really healthy, actually. As you said, like, it might feel dicky, but, like, I don't think it is dicky, first of all. And second of all, I think it's really important that if you want something, they actually start to say it out loud. Yeah. Because it doesn't really exist until you start saying it out loud. Like, it's well and good being like, yeah, it, like, it's my dream. But, like, you know, like, a dream is something that happens in your head, whereas something that you want to happen, that has to happen in the real world. And if you say it out loud, it's kind of in the real world. Exactly. And, like, for that year back then, blah, blah, um, I, I was talking really horrible to myself. Like, I was like, 
you're not going to make it, you're wasting time, you know, um, you're so silly to ever think that this is a thing, you need to get a real job. Like, I was talking all of this stuff to myself for so long that now I'm only, like, like the last two years, wherever I'm starting to be like, you know what you're doing you've trained for your job you have experience in your job you know you're confident in what you're doing like you know they've hired you for this reason so like go get it like you know say it out loud say it to yourself speak nicely to your mind because what is the thing like when when you do say it it does come to you kind of thing you know, was um the law of attraction or sure something? yeah 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 so that's why i say it like it might it might be real it might be real dicky but for talking so bad to myself for so long, I've trained myself to talk nicely to myself. So that's why I get excited about it because I believe in myself now, whereas I didn't believe in myself for a long time. So if it's being dicky to believe in yourself, well, I'll take on that title. Yeah, no, no absolutely. <laughs> and come here, I, I mean, you mentioned that, you mentioned that facts to you, like, I, I guess it just feels like, because, as in, that's how I know you. And we were particularly paired together. Yeah. A lot, like, which was, we did good together. Yeah, which was interesting, you know. It's interesting how, how things like that happen. So it feels remiss not to bring it up. You mentioned that um, it was a big part in you kind of getting back to yourself, the real you getting away from yeah. from the other Shannon that we've talked about in the third person, which I love. Uh, what, yeah. what was it about facts that helped you? It made me bring my craziness back. Right. It allowed me to be myself again and to just be the Shannon I always was and am. Do you mm. know what I mean? So like the silliness and everything that you see and like the not ladiness and everything, like that's just who I was. But I was programmed before to speak a certain way and be corrected and, you know, I was kind of belittled and stuff like that. So to be there, be my own person, a single lady, free, independent woman on a mission... And no one telling me what to do. And you just had to be yourself. Like, you, like that's the job. You had to go on and you had to be yourself. Made me be myself again. I grew back to myself and, like, talking to people and, you know, meeting new people and gaining new friends and going out on all these new adventures. Like, I just... It was just... It was just the best experience ever. Like, it's so sad that it's over. Like, we still have try, like, but... Like, that was a really big thing for me at that time. Like, that, like facts came into my life at the moment when I needed it the most because of all the friends that I got and the experiences and Shannon came back. So maybe, you know, and I don't mean this in an exploitive way. I mean this in a, for anyone who's listening who might be in that darker place that you were in. What, and like, just as a way of like identifying or like someone who's on that way and is like, fuck, I don't want to be like that and I don't want to like you know give away a year of my life whatever it might be what was it about that time that relationship whatever it might be that made you that way I mean I think I was just settling for it mm. I just like I was just settling for the life that it was and I was settling that like this is how it's going to be I'm never going to be a presenter I'm never going to be an actor like this is just it kind of thing so I think if I, I like I, mentally I wasn't really strong then either because I was just settling and I kind of cut off ties with my mom and dad and stuff like that because they were talking sense to me. I knew it was sense, but I didn't want to hear it mm. kind of thing. So I actually cut off ties with them. So they weren't even in my life and I was living on the other side. Like, so I'm from North side, but I was living on the South side. So like, it was like far away, didn't have a car. So I kind of just felt trapped and stuff like that. Like, I should have just 
been like, fuck you, do you know? And I should have just went and I should have known my worth and I should have believed in myself more to just go, fuck this, I'm packing my shit and I'm gone kind of thing. Because I wasn't being appreciated or nothing. It was just, it was just, it, that last year was the absolute waste of time. And yeah, it ruined me. And by doing facts, that was like the first step in dipping my toe back into my dream dip my toe back into what I wanted to do what I wanted to achieve and that was the first taste of my dream again and and whatever and I I loved it and I tasted it and I wanted it and I started to believe in myself and I knew this isn't the end I'm coming back kind of thing so yeah Shannon Keenan, this has been a deadly chat. Thanks so much for doing it. Um, will you do me a favour? Will you tell the people where they can find you, whether that's the, the radio show, any yeah. social media, all the YouTube stuff? Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shannon L. Keenan. And you can find me on YouTube, Shenanigans. There's lots of shenanigans going on there. Lots of fun, lots of collabs. And then I'm on the radio every Friday from 12 to 2 live on Wave Culture RT Pulse. And it's a hip-hop show. So if you like hip-hop, hey, come over to me. I'm like the widest girl ever running a hip-hop show, but I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Shannon Keenan, thanks for playing Personality Bingo. Thank you so much. So guys, that was the brilliant Shannon Keenan playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Again, Shannon, if you are listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. It was a pleasure to sit down uh, and chat to you. I know you are so busy between shenanigans uh, and the, the, the RTE radio show with the wonderful Iman uh, and all the brilliant stuff that you are doing with the Tri Channel and everything. So it was a real pleasure uh, for you to take the time to come and sit down with me. Uh, it's massively appreciated um, so as always a few quick thank yous um, to the brilliant Erin Lindsay the boss woman for mixing editing and producing the podcast to the wonderful Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for their brilliant theme music and to the ever excellent Connor Nolan for our delicious artwork and as always a huge thank you to Alan Bennett and Paddy O'Leary for having us a part of the network um, I also wanted to give a, a quick shout out to one of my favourite podcasts um, it's the brilliant Alison Spittle show uh, guys I'm not sure if you've come across this podcast Podcast. I'm sure you have because Alison has kind of become uh, a part of uh, the culture here in Ireland really um, and she's just a real gem of a human first of all but she's uh, an amazing interviewer um, I mean she's got an episode with Sharon Horgan that was just recorded at Electric Picnic that I mean was given a big shout out by the Irish Times there's amazing episodes with kind of all sorts uh, of wonderful people there's kind of George Hook uh, you know from kind of back in the day before all the scandals so, I mean it's really interesting to see like a different side to maybe the negativity that was portrayed uh, around you know some of his comments that were completely out of order but I mean it's nice to see just I mean I guess the contradictions and the nuances of a human being uh, like George Hook so I mean that was fascinating I mean there's episodes with, with kind of everyone I mean he, there's an amazing episode of Tommy Tiernan that was recorded at the Vodafone Comedy Festival last year I'd really recommend you go back and dive in there as well with uh, Shauna Kerslake former guest of our show Stephen Jones I mean there's just loads of really 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 great stuff to go and get stuck into uh, and I just wanted to give uh, a little plug to Alison because um, I don't know just being part of the network we were talking about it recently there's so many great podcasts here and if you like personality bingo the odds are you're going to like something else uh, aboard the headstuff podcast network so uh, go and check that out uh, guys i will see you next week for another episode of personality bingo with tom Moore. tom Moore, personality